You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT365, and we are sponsored by the Crypto Business Conference. If you're looking to level up, if you are an entrepreneur, you are a marketer, you are a small business owner looking to educate yourself on all things Web3 and NFTs, Crypto Business Conference is the place you will want to be. And one of the things that we've been educating ourselves with and leveling up is buying an NFT every single day for 365 days. And... The NFT we bought on day 247, which was actually just the other day, uh, is the Hexi NFT. And you know, one of the things that's been really fun around learning and growing, uh, you know, my experience of doing the research and understanding, you know, buying an NFT every single day is not only, you know, where the innovation lies, but what lies like kind of underneath some of the NFT projects. And I, I'm going to explain that a little bit more um, here in a minute on this episode, but on top of that, you know, it's actually one of the most popular questions I've been getting. Uh, actually, the number one question I've been getting is, uh, you know, what am I going to be doing uh, come November 12th when that is, you know, the 365 days of the podcast as well as uh, NFTs uh, are over? And I will say, uh, I have, can't answer that question yet. I don't really know the answer to it. I, I have a feeling we're just going to keep on keeping on. Maybe I'll be doing it from the beach somewhere. But, uh, you know, one of the, the other questions I've been getting a lot is like, you know, not only how do I like assess projects, what do I, what do I research for projects, but like, what about projects can I give me that like, that like it or expire, you know, expire, inspire me. And I will tell you like the number one answer to that has to be like recommendations from people that I trust. And the truth is many of those people that I trust are actually people that I met originally in web two. And in this case, uh, my dear friend, Lindsay, um, reached out to me and she's like, Fanzo, look at this cool, you know, simple yet really creative NFT project. And I looked into the, the artist a little bit. I, uh, was tweeting back and forth and ended up having a great time. Uh, and these are little hexy. Um, and the reason it's a hex is that for those that don't know on Twitter, if you, uh, pay for Twitter blue, I believe it's like two ninety nine a month you can actually use your verified NFT as your profile photo and it becomes a hex. And so this project really is just kind of playing into that, also playing into the kind of the, the creative space that exists in there. But I also, you know, when I, when I was researching, I was asking, you know, another friend uh, about the project, you know, the idea of like creative fun and someone that's all in on Web3 it's not just about like supporting that project, but really supporting that artist and that community. And I think for NFT holders that are out there, you'd be amazed the the you know the byproduct, right? The 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 other components that come with you know investing in great people and great projects. And it might not be the project that you mint the first time, 
But the fact that you mint a project and kind of demonstrate who you are and what you're willing to support and what you're looking for will often open up doors in ways that you can't even imagine that you're going to, you know, kind of see continually kind of uh, benefit you. So that one uh, is the Hexi NFT it is number 247 in our buying an NFT every single day for a year. Now, with that being said, uh, this question, you know, people have been saying, you know, I've been doing a lot of podcast interviews lately, you know, on Twitter spaces. And the question that's been coming, you know, a lot more recently that people are kind of discovering this mint 365 project and everything we have going on is they'll say, well, Brian, like, what are the things that you found like researching, you know, best for NFT projects? Like what is the thing that is like most profound or the things that we can all learn from? And, you know, it's unfortunate, like the, the term or the phrase, do your own damn research, right? Like, what the hell does that even really mean, right? Like, when people say, oftentimes they say, this is not financial advice, or do your own research. Sometimes that's like the truth, they, they, they don't want you to just trust them. Other times, it's like their way of saying, I don't really even know why I made this decision. So do your own research, right? And, and for me, do your own damn research means like, all of our success, all of our definitions of success, what we're looking for in NFT projects is going to be different depending on who we are, depending on what we're looking for. And so that's part of what do your own damn research uh, means to me. But I do believe, I, and I wrote down three, uh, and I actually have them here on a, on a sticky note um, that uh, you know I've been tracking. You know, I, I take a lot of data, a lot of information, uh, and I work to kind of like better understand some of the nuances and some of the things that. Um, that I'm learning kind of along the way and what this whole journey goes. And I'm going to give you three. I'm going to give you three things that I that maybe that you hadn't thought of, right? Because most people are going to tell you, like, research the community, look at the utility and the roadmap, check out the, um, you know, the website, see how many followers they have, look at their Discord, all of those type of things. But I wanted to go a little bit the deeper into, like, hey, if these three things type of exist – then to me, they're kind of going to the next gate, right? They, they're either you know, a project I'm going to drive deeper into or I'm going to test to see you know, what the market is like whenever they're minting. And so here, I'm going to give you those three things right now that uh, everyone can kind of write down. And if you're driving somewhere, of course, you can listen back to the episode. Uh, and we are on YouTube. Uh, so if you want to subscribe on YouTube and you can watch this uh, on your computer, you can do that as well. And so the first one, you know, I talk a lot about, uh, in, you know, implied, you know, uh, pro projected utility and actual utility, right? So projected utility means things that they want to do like down the road and I'm not even down the road, people, things that they want to do, but technically they haven't done yet, or they haven't even like kind of like, uh, set the things in motion to do, right? That's projected utility. And then actual utility are things that they're activating like immediately or based on things like, Hey, we just need to hit this data point and we can execute on it. But that being said, number one, the number one thing, the first of the three that, that I researched that we that I kind of look into that I found is yes, we can you know research the founders and see how trustworthy they are. But what does that really mean? And so this is where I'm trying to draw the line. What is the founder's experience and their team's experience delivering this type of utility? in their previous life. Now it doesn't of course need to be the same project or even the same type of projects. But for me, like this is, this is essential, right? Because if I'm going to trust someone, a founder of a project to deliver, I need to make sure that what they're claiming is the utility the value of the project 
is also connected to what they actually can deliver. And I know that sounds kind of naive and normal, but this can, and you can do this research both with doxxed and undoxed people. And part of it also, sometimes it will take a little bit more work, right? Like I love going into a founder's history on Twitter before they launch their project, right? I, I love to go into like, you know, I'll just scroll back on their Twitter feed as far as I can go. You know, like, let's just say, let's go back eight months, nine months, and I want to see like what they're talking about. What is the narrative that's coming out of them around like kind of the utility that they're talking about, right? So if they've never mentioned anything to do with a metaverse game before, yet all of a sudden that's the thing that they're they're presenting. That's going to be a little bit of a red flag for me, right? But then maybe I'm going to go over to the LinkedIn account and I'm going to say, oh, look, look at their experience in that sector. Now, now maybe they don't have experience in that direct sector, but you know, one other things that I'll do is I'll look on the right-hand column on LinkedIn and say, people who follow this person also follow this person. Why would I do that? Because I want to see if that founder has anyone in their network or is connected with people in their network that might have been in that space or delivering in that space, right? Because I think we have to, we have to go a little bit deeper just because a founder hasn't done exactly what the utility is. Doesn't mean that they don't have the network and the capabilities. Let's face it for some, for I think founders that really want to scale and they, they, they should be surrounding themselves with great people that can execute on the things that are, are most important in the project. So that's number one founders experience in relation to the utility that they are going to deliver. Number two, Stick with me. It's going to sound fluffy, but one of the things that, you know, it's a keynote that I give, I, I, it's one of my favorite presentations to give. It's called Digital Empathy. And Digital Empathy is a talk that I've been giving for many years at different brands and businesses around the world. And the, the concept, really, the, the idea is you know, understanding how we can use digital and how we convey our messages, tell our stories in an empathetic way online. Now, why is this so important with NFT projects? Because here's the truth. Every single NFT project is going to have a crisis. Every single NFT project is probably going to have to deal with either themselves being hacked or, you know, some of their prominent people on their team being hacked or the whale being hacked or the Discord being hacked or the social media being hacked. And almost every single NFT project is also going to have to deal with some really just some, you know, maybe some haters, maybe some trolls, maybe some, um, you know, let's just say some jealous people that are around there. And their ability to convey and communicate in an empathetic way is essential, in my opinion, to maintaining that long-term trust and growth, but also knowing that they can survive the good and the bad of, of the current you know, um, landscape of this world. Now, I would love that NFT projects use more video, right? Because uh, there is really no, you know, no more powerful way to deliver empathy in digital media than on video and letting people look in your digital eyeballs. But I know not all uh, founders, not all projects are, are into video yet. And that's just, you know, take that note. If you're thinking about launching your own NFT project, yeah, embrace the power of video and you'll stand out for sure. But you might be asking, well, Brian, what about the projects that haven't done video? Well, what you're going to want to look at is look, I want you to go into their discord and I want you to go into their announcements section and I want you to scroll up. Just keep scrolling, keep scrolling. Not just the stuff they're talking about now that they're about to mint, not the stuff they're talking about now that they're growing their discord, but up near the top, some of those early messages that they've put out on discord, what, how empathetic are they 
to the the people that they're trying to onboard, right? How how much do they they understand the problems a that they're trying to solve, um, and then also how you know how many times are they talking? And this is where the narrative comes in, right? Are they talking about like, hey, I'm excited to have you part of this, or are they using words like we? Right? I will tell you, the words matter, right? So when we're trying to understand how relatable someone is or how empathetic they are through, uh, you know, in the digital space, the words they use, especially if they're not communicating via video or social audio for the most part, um, really do matter. And so this goes down to, and I, and I want to make sure that it is a thread across all of the channels, right? So I'll look for some of that wording, some of that narrative uh, in their discord, early announcements, in their Twitter, in their replies. So don't just look at the tweets that are like their public tweets. Hit replies on Twitter. How are they replying to people? Now, here's another sign. If they're not replying to anyone on social media, they're not very empathetic. They're not, they don't really, there's not, there's not much caring there. There's not much engagement there, right? They're just farming that out, right? And then the other place that I'm going to look is I'm going to connect that thread, right? Like how connected is that language and that narrative on their website? So really, I'm trying to what I'm trying to build is how good are they at being able to talk with their audience, not at their audience? Because when they're dealing with crisis management, when they're dealing with you know trying to you know kind of keep their uh, you know community engaged or nurtured, and you can go back and listen to an episode I did you know I think two episodes ago or three episodes ago on nurturing your community, right, and the importance of talking with them, not at them, and that is massive, especially in a space that has financial components. And we talk a lot about ownership, right? If you are, if you really believe in ownership, it has to be as a, we is greater than me mantra. And so in a way, really this number two on this research uh, piece that I'm sharing here is really how much do we believe that the NFT project is about, we are greater than me. And so if you can figure that out through the narrative, through the storytelling, through the words they use, and then ultimately, you know, I like one of the things I like to run through my head is like, if they had a problem or if they had a crisis or they found out something, you know, like their art was stolen or they found out that, you know, someone on their team was doing things that um, were despicable and they had to let, like, let them go. Am I confident in the way that they would convey that message to the, their owners to instill trust and maintain that longevity? And I will say for a lot of ones, that's a very iffy one and we have to kind of figure that out. All right. Number three. And number three is really the comes down to, you know, I believe the most fundamental component of every single NFT project, maybe not every single one. Let me caveat that. If your NFT project is only for experienced DGENs and nobody in your community, nobody that is holding your NFT is a new, is their first NFT or they're new to NFTs. Every, if everyone in your project has been in NFTs for over a year, then you can disregard this one. But Let's just be real. There's not very many people that are going to attack that way. So number third one is when you're looking at, you know, the, the white paper, when you're looking at the website, when you're looking at, um, in their narrative, um, on Twitter or in discord, what you what I like to do is I like to listen back to like either previous Twitter spaces they might've had, uh, some other discords that have been uh, recorded, or if I, if I don't have those at my disposal, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through their, their kind of content landscape. And what I'm going to look for is how much education have they already set in motion 
for educating people on how much the mint's going to be, where where they're going to mint it, um, the process for staking. If they if they use the word staking, do they educate people on the staking mechanism or even what staking is? Right, because this education component within the narrative, especially within the narrative of something like uh, you know a, a complex component of NFTs, is really really important, especially today. And I don't care how experience you believe your nft community is you're going to have new people you're also going to have existing people that want to explain things to their friends and family and if you don't help them explain it that's one less person that's gonna be able to market or sell your nft project which can be a massive massive issue that we don't want to deal with right so that is one of the ones that i definitely say like let's keep that in mind let's let's be aware of what that you know has uh kind of going on as far as you know making sure that we are very dialed in for um you know what is all possible here when it comes to uh you know the nft side of the house and then the other part of this is security and you know i think part of it comes down to you know we've seen a lot recently i you know last episode was all about uh cybersecurity and sec- securing your wallet but i will tell you the the other part of this that i think is uh essential is that you know when you're when you're putting out your your project you also have to recognize that your your focus on security has to be internally externally with your holders and then also globally with your community, because even if your Discord's not hacked and another Discord is, and they're using the kind of like the same bots or the same process, there's going to be a connection there. And there's going to be a kind of like a shared, um, uh, let's just say shared uh, discontent. And so one of the things that you have to, that I like to look for within, um, you know, communities within their Discord, even within their narrative on their website is like, what are some of the things they talk about in as far as security for their team, security for their owners, security in their Discord, and even having like a security alerts or security updates channel in their Discord, right? So that they're showing that, hey, we're going to post if we see you know issues or things come out. We, we know just uh, recently, uh, over the last 24 hours, Yugla Labs, which of course is is the uh, king poobab of, of the space, Yugla Labs put out a tweet and said that they were... Um, they were just notified or they've been under, um, you know, they, they were kind of let know, let, let know that they, uh, that some, that there was a calculated, uh, attacks being focused towards the NFT community, um, and, and hijacking social media accounts, um, over the next certain days. Right. And Yugo Labs put that out. And I will tell you, one of the things I did was, of course, I shared it right directly into our discord, um, over for the podcast because, Hey, I want to practice what we preach. But I also went and I, I worked hard at looking at other discords. How many other discords are posting that, letting their community know like, hey, be aware that we won't be doing any stealth mints. We won't be any doing anything out of the ordinary. So if you see something on social media with a link or something that's coming out of nowhere, just know that that's fake and maybe we were compromised, right? And that's being very proactive. And, and I think that's really what number three is to me, right? So number one is that connecting the founder's experience to utility, Number two is that empathy, digital empathy, which really, you know, for this space has a lot to do with Discord and Twitter and the overall narrative and the way the storytelling and the words that people are using. And then number three really is it is like their proactive approach to both education and security. So if if a project meets those three criteria for me, 
they go on to the next gate. Now, what the next gate may be, for some people, that might be enough. Hey, let's let's go mint the NFT. For others, they're like, okay, well, now I want to see what the data says, right? Like how many are in their collection? Um, what are, what are, what's their mint price? What is their um, you know, onboarding process? What is their uh, you know, roadmap beyond that? But for me, if you're not meeting these three criteria at the very jump, I'm probably just going to disconnect myself from there forward, right? I'm probably just going to be like, okay, that's enough red flags for me. That's enough, uh, you know, that I, you know, that it's too risky or they haven't thought through this process and therefore it's not going to be part of our bag. So I hope that helps. I hope that gives you some, you know, narrative. I think in my personal opinion, you probably haven't heard those three type of things that you're researching um, from most people in the space. Cause I know we're all kind of learning this together and I, I will just put out there, you know, I'm buying an NFT every single day. I, I get to research more projects than I think anyone that could possibly out there because not only am I buying one every day, but most days I'm at least researching four, if not five or six projects to consider, right? And I'm narrowing it down and it has to be based on our criteria, which of course it has to be in the mint phase, pre-reveal. Um, I don't care what blockchain it is. I don't care what the utility is or you know background of founders. So I, I keep that part of it open. But I will tell you, the more you know, the technology kind of keeps going up and down. The the market and the trends kind of go a little bit all over the place. Uh, the more these like these three fundamental um, components um, really kind of stand out for me, and it's that experience, it's that empathy, and it's their proactive approach to really you know caring about uh, the community through education and security awareness. So with that being said, my friends, you know, uh, you know, as always, you know, not only do your own damn research, but recognize that, you know, part of what we have to do as a community is to not only look out for each other, build on each other, but, you know, find ways to share this knowledge, right? I really do believe in lifting it up. And I know a lot of people shared out last episode, um, the wallet uh, security episode in a lot of your discords. I've been getting tagged in a lot of discords uh, and many, many people that are, are tagging me. I'm not, I didn't even know um, that people in our community were in that discord. So I just want to say thank you for all those that are sharing it out. And, you know, and part of that sharing is also, you know, kind of connecting and, you know, it's why, you know, the crypto business conference, whenever they reached out to me to sponsor the podcast, as well as become a media partner for the event, you know, I'm excited to not only, you know, be a part of it from that standpoint, but you'll help curate some of the tracks and understand some of the, the you know, possibilities. And what I really love uh, about this, uh, you know, project and, and really about what Crypto Business Conference represents is they are also really facilitating a lot of the uh, networking and a lot of that connection that we are looking for, right? Because true community is about that shared purpose and that common, you know, uh, you know, attention towards, you know, achieving an outcome. And we have that shared, you know, value system. And how do you figure that out? Well, you have to sit down and connect with others. And at the Crypto Business Conference, one of the things that they do really well, because they've done this in their previous events that, they, that I've attended, is they'll have roundtables and circles with certain topics and certain things on them so you can connect with others that if you're a developer or you're an artist or you're a, you know, maybe you're an investor or a collector, you're going to be able to sit down at those tables during networking sessions and really get to know people at a kind of a deeper level, which I think uh, is something that we all want from those in-person events that we attend. And so as always, my friends, uh, I will just say uh, I've had a heck of a technology morning. I tried to record this video uh, for this episode, I think five times, six times. Uh, and my tech has just not been working with me today, but 
we made it this far in this episode. Uh, and so I will be able to get it out and uh, that's going to be a win. And so uh, for those that are struggling, those that are not having a good day, those that have tech that might not be, uh, uh, you know, kind of uh, going along with you, uh, just know that uh, you're not alone to keep on uh, keeping on. And uh, until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers. 